0: and why all right so that was your weekend.
1: Yesterday was low key the worst day of my life.
0: But yeah. <laughs> happy NFL week. What, what is this? Week one, week two? Yeah, it's week, week two.
2: Week yeah.
0: two. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. God. Uh, you and I. Hi everyone. It's Yankees Mets Express again. Just in case you're listening to our opening ramblings. Um, but yeah. So, Lean, you and I t- told us about told you this yesterday. Uh, yesterday, Caitlin, my wife and I went to the went to the Bronx Zoo. Again,
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: right? uh with a friend of ours who is a huge cowboys fan, and so naturally, like the entire day, like we're checking our phones like in between animal exhibits, trying to figure out see like, okay, who's winning, who's losing this, that, and the other, um I just remember i maybe like around like one thirty. At, all at once, my phone just started blowing up like da and I went right. and I'm like, okay, like whatever this, is, whatever this is, either like a bunch of text messages got delayed and they're only finally coming through. Has that ever happened to you, by the way? Like someone texts you at a certain time, and then by some glitch in the system, you don't get it until 24 oh, hours later.
1: Absolutely. Okay, yes. yeah. So yeah, so
0: it, so it's not just me. Like AT and is, is just legitimately terrible. Uh, but yeah, like it was just uh It was just a complete and utter onslaught of Adam Schefter Twitter notifications saying, hey, this guy's hurt. That guy's hurt. Saquon Barkley tore his ACL. This guy's getting cornered off the field.
1: When you told me that yesterday, that, like, you were just getting bombarded with notifications and stuff, in my head, I was like, this is the perfect, like... I don't know description. I guess of how yesterday went. Just like completely getting bombarded with notifications like, about yeah. everyone getting hurt. Wait, wait,
0: who, who was it? Saquon Barkley, Christian Bart- McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey. He's. Portland
1: Sutton, Bartlett Bartlett Bosa, Sut- uh,
0: Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa, Solomon Moster- Thomas,
1: G- yeah, Rahim Moster, Jimmy Garoppolo, and the
0: Jets still lost.
1: D- absurd. The, the yeah. Jets are something, man. Now,
0: but, uh, now, uh, I was Sterling
1: Shepard, of course, also for the Giants.
0: Yeah, we actually had dinner with uh, with another with another couple we know um, on Saturday, and mm. and um, the husband Ryan, he's a huge Jets fan.
2: Mm.
0: He out, he like was just so resigned and dejected when I brought the Jets up. He's like, "Yeah, Gates is going to be fired midseason. Just let it." I happen. mean, he should be. So I I, I don't know. He's awful. Man. It's so bad because, like, we because Sam Darnold is a good quarterback. I actually, I mean, I know this isn't a
1: football podcast, and I don't want to get too much into it, but I actually yeah. do not think Sam Darnold is good. That's been my take since he was drafted. No one listens to me, but they're you're, you're all going to start to see it. I think Sam Darnold is criminally overrated. I don't think he's bad, but I don't think he's like very good. Oh yeah,
0: like I I don't think that he's that like he's gonna. When his career is all said and done, I don't think I don't think that we're gonna look back at him and be like, "Oh, Sam Darnold, top twenty of all time," unless he completely watches. Well,
1: no, no, absolutely not. No, no, no. Yeah, no. yeah,
0: yeah. But like at the same time, though, you look at the Jets and you realize this is a very talented young arm who has nothing to work with. No, that's yeah.
1: definitely that's definitely like part of
0: it for sure. I mean, yeah. he, he he has his left tackle, Mikeai Becton's great. I I will <coughs> stand I will stand by that's a great pick for this. He Jets. has
1: looked very yeah yeah. I had a feeling he was going to be good, and uh, he has, like, you know, lived up to expectations so far, but that's about it. They have nothing else. Yeah, but it's
0: clear that he has no no wide receiver help.
1: Of course,
0: yeah. Yeah, we haven't really gotten a chance to see Denzel Mims yet. Yeah. And by the same token, it's clear Adam Gase is not going to be the long-term coach. Like Sam Darnold, the the problem he's had his entire career, he's had terrible professional coaching.
2: Oh, yeah. That's a huge part of it. His
0: two head coaches have been guys – great football minds, but they're better coordinators.
2: Yes. Like sure. Adam
0: Gates, if he's an offensive coordinator, I have no doubt that he's going to do a good job. Todd Bowles, mm-hmm. we're seeing how good a job he's doing with the Bucks and their mm-hmm. defense. But I don't know. Hopefully Joe Douglas makes uh, fires in midseason. Maybe Greg Williams will take over. Because yeah, yeah, Greg, uh, Greg Williams, he has flashes of good coaching, even though he's mm-hmm. definitely a better coordinator. But I, right. think, yeah. I think with a team as young as the Jets and as inexperienced, an if you got to – first off, I think Joe Douglas is committed. Sam Darnold's our guy. Ma'Kai Becton is our guy. Yeah, yeah. And I think that once he once starts putting the rest of the draft pieces together, because Joe Douglas, I mean, you're a Giants fan. You saw what he did with the Eagles. He drafts well. Yes. Yeah. I How, Howie I mean, the was the, the Jets had a very good draft this year.
1: Yeah. They really did,
0: yeah. Joe yeah. Doug, yeah. And yeah. I think it goes back to what Cowherd said about Dak Prescott last year in the Cowboys. He goes, at some point when you have good youth on your, on your roster and you're not getting much out of it, it's the coaches. Right. Yeah. And sure enough, Jason Garrett is not here this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and then the Cowboys had to man, we can't make fun of them this week because I'm sorry, down 29, 10 at halftime, you come back and win forty to thirty-nine. Like someone
1: um someone tweeted, can't remember who it was. He was like, The Fal- the Atlanta Falcons are the best losers of all time.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, it's
1: they they lose in fashion. Listen to the stat from SB Nation. All right. NFL teams were 440 and 0 after scoring 39 or more with zero turnovers until the Falcons lost on Sunday. Like, this is what what the Falcons did was unprecedented.
0: That's disgusting.
1: Yeah, someone even said that what they did on the onside kick was so bad that they should be uh, investigated for throwing the game.
0: Yeah, like because first off, that wasn't that great of a kick. It kind of was like, yeah, and then it just kind of exactly
1: rolled,
2: right. rolled,
0: and the Falcons just kind of tripped over themselves until the Cowboys actually recovered it. Right.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, anyway, it's it's fine though. My Ravens are two and zero. Beat the Texans yesterday, despite our offensive line looking terrible for the first time in several years. Yeah, uh, the
1: Texans stink, so it's fine.
0: Uh, yeah they their offense was pretty like pretty much one note yesterday. I mean. And this is the most frustrating part. I drafted Brandon Cook so many times in fantasy over the years, and now he's finally living up to his potential.
1: Right. Isn't it annoying? I totally feel it. I right. had
0: Tom Brady as a keeper one year, and I drafted Cook solely because the year before I was making so much points off of Brady going to Edelman. And I'm like, great, I'm going to draft Brandon Cook. Same result. Didn't happen. No. Psych. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh in fair in fairness to the Texans, JJ Watt had that defensive line running on all cylinders yesterday. Mm-hmm. I think I, I feel think so Ar- bad for him. Yeah, Lamar Jackson I think got sacked maybe three or four times. He he like Oh, really? Uh, I didn't even Here, you know, before we get into baseball talk, let me just pull up pull up that stat real fast. But no, cause like um, cuz sure enough, obviously I'm not going out watching it. I'm watching uh either a stream on my computer or on my phone what have you. Right. And someone in my Ravens group chat on Facebook um, made the point like the the pocket is collapsing before Lamar Jackson has a chance to actually read the play. Yeah, where his receivers are. Right, right. But yeah, yeah. Yesterday, um, Jackson eighteen of twenty-four for two hundred yards and a touchdown. QB rating was only sixty-four point one. Four sacks for tw- for a total loss of twenty-seven yards.
1: Wow, and
0: that's yet- very
1: uncharacteristic of the Ravens.
0: Yeah, and it, it's so weird because despite that, you'd think that the running game wouldn't be a factor as well. No, we outran the Texans 230 to 51. No.
1: Uh, yeah, it's, it, isn't that weird? That's it, really, it's, really it's weird. It's one of those
0: weird football anomalies. And yeah. Yeah, because you could see, like, also with the receivers. I mean, who who? yeah, Hollywood Brown, five catches for 42 yards. Second behind him, and I'm actually really excited about the stat because I said after we got eliminated by the Titans last year, this guy really had to step up. Miles Boykin, forecast. Yeah, I knew you were going to say Boykin, yeah. Yeah, so, but anyway, ugly win, still a win, and now we got to worry about the Chiefs on Monday night, uh, next week.
1: That is going to be so much fun. That's going to be a fun, fun game. It's going
0: to be a fun game, especially after last year when Mahomes pretty much cried to the refs to give him a win. But anyway, on to baseball talk. Uh, Yeah, let's do it. It's playoff o'clock. The Yankees have clinched once again. Life is good. The that team, was, we're going to ignore last night's, yesterday's ugly loss against the Red Sox. The day was bound to happen, right?
1: Yeah, that was the only good thing about my day yesterday. I literally, I was like, my team's all stink, but I always have the Yankees. Thank God. Yeah. The light at the end of the tunnel, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I, fe- and I feel that like part of yesterday, it- Boone and Cash were like, guys, you're so close to clinching. Just go out and play, like, and we'll see what happens. Right. Because the fact that Garcia apparently didn't, David Garcia didn't throw his curveball at all yesterday, that's very telling. Like, that's the mm-hmm. one pitch that has been, like, owning the plate for you. It's back-to-back quality starts. And yet, yeah. against the last place Red Sox, a team that you should make mincemeat out of, only fastballs and sliders, I mean, right. I-
1: yeah, I mean, I I'm not I'm not about you. I'm
0: not worried about
1: Garcia at all. Like it was just, yeah, a weird start. I don't know, but yeah, whatever. The Yankees are in.
0: Yeah, can uh, breathe a sigh of relief. Staring, staring another playoff matchup with the Twins square in the face.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's actually a uh, what i thought we should discuss so right now the Yankees are the number five seed and they're going to be facing the number four twins there's obviously like this is not a guarantee yeah because
0: i I remember i remember a couple days ago we we were kind of like hot potatoing who was four who was five just right alternating back and forth yeah
1: right right yeah what, what what do you think's gonna happen do you think this is gonna be the matchup
0: um, at this point, yeah. I mean, the Rays—they just lost Austin Meadows for a long time, so they could they mm-hmm. could hit a spiral. They lost to the Orioles yesterday. Uh, what's they say? The twenty um, They're they're playing the Mets today. I was gonna say the
1: Rays actually have a very very tough schedule for this last week of the season. They're playing the Mets, who are gonna be fighting desperately for a playoff spot. Yeah. And then they play uh, They play the Phillies, who are also trying to hang on to that wild card. So who, anything can happen this
0: week. I mean, I think that the Rays are honestly going to destroy the Phillies just because the, the Phillies bullpen, we were actually talking about this in the uh, ESNY Slack chat last week. The Phillies bullpen is comically bad. Like, I, think this, I think the bullpen ERA is north of seven on the year.
1: It is. Um, yeah. No, no, I'm like totally with you there, but like, dude, things change when you're hanging on to a playoff spot. Right now, they have the number one wild card, and they're gonna be doing yeah. whatever, yeah, whatever it takes. So yeah,
0: they they had a great series against the Blue Jays. Yeah. Because like, the, I I know that we like to goof on the Blue Jays because oh they oh god Derek Fisher last week so I like,
2: oh my I'll gosh, that was his like <laughs> uh,
0: I, let me let me say this, Lane. I played college. I played high school baseball. For a few years,
1: uh-huh.
0: I I have not played since then. I can play better right field than Derek Fisher.
1: Yeah, that was that was appalling. Like yeah. it was like he intentionally tried to be that bad because I don't know oh, how. I don't
0: can, I don't know about ten int- intentionally, but
1: I mean I, I don't. That was obviously a joke, but yeah, no, like I don't. I really don't get how you can be a professional it's... outfielder and play that badly.
0: It's so weird because the the Blue Jays manager Charlie Montoyo he's a longtime Rays coach. Last I checked, yeah. And the Rays they're kind of like those old Angels teams from let's say the Mike Socia era where everything's super disciplined, nobody makes mm. mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like you use that to manipulate matchups. But the Blue Jays they're a terrible defensive team. I think their DRS on the season is like, is like minus thirty. Yeah, they're. Like that.
1: I think they're, like, the worst in the AL and, like, the second worst in baseball or something. Yeah, something like, and that. yeah. like,
0: bad fielding, bad base yeah. running, um, and yet somehow <laughs> they're still a very pesky team. Like, Vlad Guerrero Jr., when he's actually trying, he's a really good hitter. Kevin Biggio. Yeah, they
1: get hit. That's yeah, what's going for them, yeah.
0: Yeah, they're they're a good hitting team, but the problem is they also play very sloppy baseball.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and we, the Yankees have four games in Buffalo starting tonight. <laughs> so,
2: yeah, right. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, but anyway, um, Yankees play uh, march to the playoffs. They kind of have an easier time because they got to play the Blue Jays, and then they have to go to the Marlins. Yeah. Or the, oh, the, oh no, the Marlins. The Marlins come here. What am I saying? Um,
1: oh yeah, I wasn't sure it was home in a but yeah, yeah, they, they yeah, yeah. yeah, the, yeah, Marlins, no, the, yeah, the yeah.
0: Marlins come here. So Don Don Manley returning to Yankee Stadium once again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm look the way I see it, the Yankees are they're in the playoffs regardless right now. Yeah. Of course, matchups are key, uh, and. We have a four-game lead over the Blue Jays, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, sure enough, you can see right now that that Boone is trying to manage for the playoffs. Like, for example, today, it's normally Garrett Cole's in the rotation. No, he's going tomorrow. Mike King is going to going today.
1: Right? Yeah.
0: I mean, do you think that's the right move?
1: I don't have a problem with it. I, I like. I don't. I'm not very mad at it, but. I don't like I don't really you know what I'm saying yeah, I just, I'm like
0: yeah my, my thing is like look I get that you that you want to push Cole. Co- you want to push Cole back <laughs> yeah yeah David Cohn coming out of retirement in his 50s. So. yeah I was like what talk for a second I am ninety percent convinced that Michael K and David Cohn because David Cohn follows me on Twitter just so right. aware right. I am fully convinced that Michael K and David Cohn i one or both of them read my Twitter during yes broadcast because the other, like a couple of nights ago against the Red Sox. Yeah. Gary Sanchez hits his home run or hits like a hits a double or something. And I do my usual tweet of where I do the gif of Liam Neeson saying, release the Kraken. Right. Sure enough, like a minute and a half later on TV, Cone goes, release the Kraken. Okay. We need to monitor the situation to see if your conspiracy
1: theory is correct.
0: Yeah. It, it's not just that either. Cause like, I've noticed a couple of times. This was when the Blue Jays were at Yankee Stadium, too. I tweeted something. I forget what it was. It was one of my many, like, insights that I do during the games. For those of you who follow me on Twitter, at JoshBESInLife. If you don't follow, go follow it now. You're missing out. Um, I'm kidding. My Twitter's terrible. <laughs> so, anyway. Bye, I, mean, I mean, it's a low bar, if we're being honest. Gotcha. Ooh. Rest okay. in peace, One's ACL.
1: Okay, stop. Just Stop. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know we can't have it. We can't have any like sob fests on the pod. That's that's bad for ratings. Man, right. uh, but but yeah, no. I, I tweeted something, and then all of a sudden, two minutes later, Michael K says pretty much the same thing, but he's kind of changed the words around a little bit.
1: Okay, so Cone has your Twitter up, like in the booth,
0: or or maybe he, he just, just has reads
1: twi- them aloud and has K and himself just like either say them. Or tweak the words around, and then they say them.
0: I mean, you never know. Mike uh, Mike Medvin, who's one of Yes's producers, he's a good friend to ES and y specifically our Bleacher Creatures family, uh, James Kelly and Allison K. So maybe, maybe he sees that as well. There you go. Um, but but yeah, it's like it's wild though. Anyway, backtracking. I don't have a problem with Cole getting pushed back. A day. even though he's a monster, I'd rather he be, he be excuse me as rested for the playoffs as possible who's pitching today for the jays uh matt shoemaker okay and tomorrow uh to be determined i mean oh they um, don't know yet okay yeah i mean i i think the only because i actually did the the blue jays rotation math i think that the only sure thing besides shoemaker now is hyunjin ryu on thursday because that's when his turn would be
1: I was literally just wondering if he was gonna have a turn during the series.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think he'd be he'd be the very last game. So the Blue Jays they they might do an opener, they might do something. I don't know. Right. One thing I've noticed about the Blue Jays pitchers, and this is obviously a credit to uh, to Pete Walker, their are longtime pitching coach. Um, Matt Shoemaker he's got a high four ERA, close to five, yeah. but he doesn't give up he doesn't give up hard contact. He's mm-hmm. he's very he's, his soft contacts like north of twenty percent majority ground ball pitcher, but the ERA is so high because I think it's FIP is somewhere close to six. That's how bad the Blue Jays' defense is. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean...
1: Yeah, I feel bad for their pitchers. Like, their starters aren't exactly great for the most part, but the bad defense behind them, that hurts.
0: Yeah, yeah, because my my friend Max, he always likes to point out how a very telling sign for how good a pitcher actually is, is FIP, because I remember... (laughs) Yeah, FIP is a
1: great style.
0: Yeah, because I remember when um, when Jay Happ first came to the Yankees via trade, his ERA was like in the fours because he was so prone to fly balls. Right. His, but his FIP was like in the high twos, low threes. Mm. Yeah, so, there you go.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. but uh, actually that, that's a good that's a good segue. Um, Jay Happ has been pitching very well. Oh, yeah. As of late. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you and I both know how much Yankees Twitter was uh, eviscerating Happ uh, over the past year or so. I mean, I myself, like, I I, I
1: always disliked J-Hap. Yeah, okay, we, we we
0: gotta go into this. You disliked J-Hap going back to his days with the Phillies. With right? the Phillies, yes, yes, that's, what yeah. Did, what did J-Hap ever do to you?
1: I literally do not have a good uh, answer to that question. Okay. I'm, I'm not even kidding. I do not have a legitimate, like, yeah. I was broke. When the first time I saw him pitching with the Phillies, I was, like, 13. So sure. no 13 year old is going to have a good reason for, you know, just randomly hating like a Philadelphia Phillies reliever. I don't know. It's just, yeah, just yeah. never liked him. And then obviously like my sentiments grew stronger when he went to Toronto, you know, division. Right. Rival yeah. And, Absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. then came to the Yankees and he was like really bad by then. And I was like, Oh my God, I don't, I don't want this.
0: And, so here, here's what here's what's mind blowing to me, Lean, is Hap is 37. He turns 38 next month, so he's like 37, 38, and recently mm-hmm. he's been pitching like he's 28. Absolutely, like yeah. on the on the year in this weird season, two and two, 3.25 ERA, 1.06 WHIP, which is his lowest total for a season in WHIP since 2016, when he had a 1.16 mm-hmm. uh, WHIP with the Blue Jays, and it's just the thing about him because people. People don't understand this about J-Hap. They just look at the bare numbers. HAP is a pure fastball pitcher whose velocity is low to middling, but because right. he can spin the ball a certain way, like I remember, um, I forget. Did you read Inside the uh, the Empire by Bob clappish
1: no i haven't actually
0: oh oh man you absolutely have to
1: i know i know yeah
0: Yeah, it it will change the way you look at the entire Yankees. i've read
1: some snippets that have like been released on twitter and stuff like that but yeah i really want to read the whole book
0: my my favorite thing that i'll put out there right now is that the yankees they do this for all their minor league prospects if Mm -hmm. any if any prospect or player watches out of their minor league system and decides they want to go back to school the organization will yeah. go back to school. Yeah. 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 I did. How, I did see that. Yeah. How, I, I don't know how many other teams do that. It's, it's phenomenal.
1: Right. right. Um,
0: but, but anyway, he's, so what he does, since he doesn't have a lot of velocity, he spins it so that it, even though he's throwing the ball, maybe 92, 93, the batter sees it and it looks like more 95, or 96. Davey Garcia does the exact same thing with his mm-hmm. basketball.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. And so hat like, his problem last year was he was relying too much on the four seamer and, and at his age, his velocity was diminishing mm-hmm. and ill you know, fastball slider. And he's everything looks, looks flat. It's hanging over the plate. And then all of a sudden end of last year and it carried over into this year, even though it took him a little while to get it done. He's, he's not just focusing on the four seamer, but he's incorporating that two seamer on the upper corners.
2: Right. Right.
0: And teams they're either barely making contact with it or they're just like not seeing it at all. Mm-hmm. And me, and saying that Hap is probably going to get lit up in his next start because because of course, yeah I'm not going I,
1: yeah if we just jinx this oh my god I'm, so
0: I expect I uh yeah, express uh accepts only twenty percent responsibility for anything like that that happens
1: twenty
0: percent yeah twenty yeah okay. <laughs> I'll 20, take that. Okay. Between fifteen, twenty percent, twenty-five if you give us points on the back end. <laughs> actually, you know, um, so his, his ERA is three point two five on the year. His ERA for the month of September is somewhere like around two and a half. Hold yeah. on. I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna calculate on my phone right now how much he's actually how much what his ERA is over his last three starts. So we're gonna start with that start in Toronto, right? Where mm-hmm. he did everything right, made one mistake and got zero run support. Okay, so we're starting.
2: So yeah,
0: so we're through. yeah, so we're starting that up. Okay, so that's three earned runs div- um, divided by 19 and a third innings, divided by 19.1 times that by nine. Yeah, his ERA in his last three starts lean 1.41. That's that's really really good. And and sure enough, at the same time, we have another Adam Schefter injury update. Anthony Barr, the Vikings linebacker, injured reserve, torn pectoral muscle.
1: Okay, I'm, I don't even, I, I literally don't have
0: words anymore. No OTAs, no training camp. No this is what season. happens when you, uh, athletes, not athletes, even one, not even one preseason game. Athletes dude. are creatures of habit. This is, this, we knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Moving on. Anyway, anyway uh, yeah. so <laughs> the, the question around J-Hap is it's clear that he has earned a spot in the rotation. Brian Cashman said as much today. He's like, no, we're having the conversation as to like where when he's going to go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. so obviously one and two it's got to be Cole and Tanaka right
1: yeah Um. even though and I think we did briefly touch on this last week
0: yeah.
1: Um. if Boone Cashman whomever if they do decide like it might be better to go Cole someone else I guess and then Tanaka for game three I don't think that would be the end of the world either, but I think ideally, if it were me, I would agree with you. I would want to go Cole Tanaka.
0: I think, yeah, because I think a, a lot of it also depends on matchups and who you're playing. Because, For sure, yeah. Because let, let's yeah. say we're playing the Twins, right? Mm-hmm. And, and like as like the four or the five seed, regardless of seed, the Twins are who we're playing. Yes. You look at their you look at their lineup. They've got it's righty dominant for sure,
2: mm-hmm. but
0: then you have those dangerous, um, excuse me, either switch or left-handed hitters like Eddie Rosario, um, yeah. Max Kepler for sure.
1: Yeah, I knew you were going to say
0: that, yeah. Um, and... And then Nelson Cruz, who I don't know what steroids he's on right now, but let me have some. He
1: is not real. Like just when we thought he was declining, he just casually started becoming an annual MVP candidate.
0: Yeah, what is happening? The guy's the guy's forty years old. He's batting three fourteen with sixteen home runs, and he like forty one last year.
1: I do not understand what is occurring. Whatever, anyway,
0: yeah, Um, yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's a it's a
0: dangerous.
1: it's a dangerous lineup, but
0: um, actually, you know, this is actually a good, a good thing to look up. I'm going to look up uh, J-Hap's career stats against the Twins.
1: Oh yeah, that's yeah. not a bad idea. What even is the Twins' uh,
0: rotation? Um, so they have Jose Berrios. Yeah. Uh, as the ace, they've also got um, Jake Odorizzi, although he's right yeah, he's
1: on the IO. Yeah. I mean, Kenta uh,
0: Maeda. Kenta Maeda, who's having a fantastic year for yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Rich Hill, another ageless wonder, and former Yankee great Michael Pineda. Who
1: is actually playing va- – I know he's, like, only played a few games, but he has been very good so far. Right,
0: yeah, because he, yeah. um, he, he had the uh, PED suspension. Yes. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, Pineda, 2-0, 3.18 ERA, 1.10 WHIP. Uh, I think he's pitched three games yeah
1: yeah for sure yeah Yeah,
0: I I remember one year playing fantasy baseball like many moons ago I was um I it was my last pick and I wanted to take an arm oh Michael Pineda you know what I like drafting at least one rookie a year anyway let's see what happens and he (laughs) and he actually did pretty well for me dude I mean yeah
1: Pineda's he has his moments
0: yeah When he's not hurt. We're taking these. All right. right, Anyway, so Hap's career numbers against the Twins. Okay. This answers our question. Not very good. Uh, Ten career games against the Twins. Twins, Nine starts. Three and five. 5.81 ERA. So, in a best of three series, no matter how good Hap is looking, you definitely want to take that into consideration. Oh, yeah. Especially – now, let's contrast that with Target Field. So, Mm -hmm. you look at Target Field, his his career numbers there. Target field, yeah. Six starts, three and two, um, five point two three ERA. Did he even? And okay. we're not. Yeah, and we're not going to take a look at the Metrodome because that, that doesn't make any sense. Now you can now Cole. He can pitch well anywhere. I'm not worried about his career stats in one particular stadium. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tanaka, on the other hand, this is one just because he can be kind of touch and go. We definitely want to look at what he does. All right. But though I
1: will say this though, yeah. Tanaka's Tanaka's just different in the playoffs. Yeah, he's kinda yeah. Got, he kinda has
0: that Andy Pettit thing where he goes to another yes, level of Exactly. And yeah. he's also having a very good year himself. He's got a yes, three point two seventy area yes. on the year. His whip is barely above one. It's one point oh two. which he's for been some, killing it. Yeah, he really mm-hmm. has. Except for like one or two bad starts. He's mm-hmm. fine.
1: His first start was bad, and then, like, he had, like, one other bad one.
0: I think he was also just kind of ramping up arm strength still, like most pitchers. Oh, no, that's – yeah,
1: yeah. I'm not dogging him. It's just, you know, makes sense. Now,
0: uh, you look at Hap uh, against the Twins versus Tanaka, it's yin and yang. So, Hap, he's got an ERA north of five, doesn't do well against the Twins. Tanaka, five starts against the Twins, 5-0, 2.27 ERA, whip, barely above one. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So I think that if you're playing the Twins, who are a very home run happy team, they, they're free swingers, I think deception's key, which, yeah, Hap has it, but there's a big difference between being able to spin your two seamer to make it look faster and induce soft contact or being able to bury a splitter that guys cannot figure out.
1: Right. Uh, yeah. and,
0: and Tanaka's also got that slider, which when he's not hanging, of course. It, 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 the key against the Twins induce soft contact. Mm-hmm. And, and strike them out that's, that's
1: exactly yeah yes
0: and so yes. and so Cole he's gonna get the strikeouts that's fine Tanaka he when he's on we've seen it this year he is a soft contact machine mm-hmm. Hap he's been a soft contact machine but you have to take past history into account and yeah if it's if it's a series against the twins and a best of three series I think that you want to go Tanaka uh, Cole Tanaka and then probably Garcia and then have Hap and or Montgomery ready to warm up in an emergency
1: I like that. Um, uh, I said this last week, and I stand by it. I'm really not okay with uh, – barring any a freak emergency or something, I am not cool with Jordan Montgomery getting the ball no, to Jordan, start a playoff Jordan
0: game. Montgomery, he's the, uh, he's the long man at this point. And that, yeah. that, that isn't to say that he's taken big steps forward this season because there have been some games this year. Yeah, where he versus. has
1: looked pretty good, yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, the problem is because he's a lot like Andy Pettit in that he's more of a location guy than a yeah. – um, than a strikeout pitcher.
1: I mean, I, Andy Pettis is obviously infinitely better, but yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, that. You, yeah, I, that's a good point. They do yeah, have their similarities. Yeah, and.
0: and as a result, because I mean, you've seen it as much as I have this year, Lee. The umpiring has been very touch and go. It, it was never yeah. great to begin with, but with so many minor guys this year, I feel the Yankees have had Carlos Torres as their home plate umpire sixty times.
2: <laughs> all Right.
0: Games. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think that when it comes to Montgomery, especially when we've noticed how recently he hasn't been controlling his changeup as well. Uh, he's, been ha- yeah. he's been laboring a lot. I think that you make him a mop-up guy, just have him continue working on those new techniques that Eric Cressy and Matt Blake have showed him. Because mm-hmm. in, in these new playoffs, you need to have your best foot forward at all times. And unless the matchup's overwhelmingly favor Montgomery starting a game. Because if the Yankees advance advance past the first round, Montgomery's gonna pitch. There's no off days. Yeah. There is going to be a five man rotation. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that on those days when Montgomery is pitching, you wanna have someone like a Mike King. Like a Jonathan Loisaga. like he, We'll throw Clark Schmidt in there just for fun. Just someone who can come out of the bullpen and be ready to eat some significant innings. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. in case of an emergency.
1: Of course. No, no, no. I completely agree. I was just saying that I don't... like. I really don't think he should start a game. Unless he absolutely has to. Yeah,
0: I mean, like... I'm, Especially in the first round, Jordan Montgomery shouldn't even be a consideration. Right?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Spent, like you just said, especially in the first round.
0: Yeah. Um, and But J-Hap, he, he has looked phenomenal. I don't think he should be back with the team next year.
1: Oh, of course but, not. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, but he has looked good and, you know, credit yeah. must be given. When yeah. And.
0: And that said, because uh, have we talked, yeah, we've talked about how like the Yankees have some big uh, decisions to make with their rotation next year, how there's really just one spot open. Yeah. I think that unless you see something in the numbers that absolutely says, hey, Clark Schmidt needs an extra year, Mike King better as a bullpen guy or something else entirely. I don't think you bring Hat back next year unless... The analytics absolutely say he has to, and even then, he's not coming back. He's not well. His option isn't going to invest, so he's not going to make seventeen million dollars.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: But yeah. No.
1: I, yeah. I really, I really don't think they should bring Jay Hap back.
0: Yeah. Um, look, or, look. Or
1: James Paxton.
0: Uh, uh, Paxton. I mean, he's out for the season at this point. I think. I think that Paxton at this at this rate might be a non-tender candidate, which, hmm. which like that, that. Yeah. Yeah. Which like, because here is the thing. Could the Yankees offer him the qualifying offer? Yeah, they could, but given how rough the season is, I think that Paxton is going to be one of many players who do take the qualifying offer. We don't Mm -hmm. know what free agency is going to look like.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So I'd rather, and so even though it would suck, um, non-tendering him because we saw what happened with Didi Gregorius last year. If a team doesn't tender a player a contract, that means when they sign elsewhere in free agency, there's no draft pick on
2: them. Yeah,
0: right. And like we, you know how much I value draft picks in all sports. Yeah, um, I feel that, yeah, Hap shouldn't be around. They, yes, this year is it, and and then move on. It's I completely agree with job. you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. Very very quickly, let's do uh, MVP race. Okay. So, so do, you, DJ you, Mayhew and Luke void are making a case for themselves. This
0: is yeah. This is a very interesting conversation. I mean, what what where do you stand on this? I want to hear this.
1: You know, this is what I spent some time doing earlier, and I think it might be the best judge. Let's let's uh, let's do some be numbers.
0: statistics.
1: Yes, let's do numbers real quick. Okay, so I would say the closest candidates for AL MVP race right now are those two, Lemahieu and Voight. Yeah. as well as Tim Anderson, shortstop of the Chicago White Sox. Yeah. Jose Abreu, first yep. baseman of the, Abreu's, Chico- Abreu's of the uh, Chicago Sox. Abreu's been a lot of MVP
0: talk, yeah. Yep,
1: and Shane Bieber, the ace of the Cleveland Indians pitching rotation, starting rotation. Yep. I think that um, Mike Trout – and uh, Nelson Cruz are both in there, but I don't think they're as close as these other five yeah. guys. Yeah, Trout, Trout
0: is always in the MVP conversation, but, but he,
1: yeah, you know, no, the, the, all these guys have had better years than him. So yeah, like you said, always in there, but I don't think he's going to be like you know top five or anything.
0: I mean, um, be- I mean, I'll say this, but be- uh, Shane Bieber's a shoe in for the site. Excuse me, for the Cy Young.
1: He's, literally, he's the best pitcher in baseball right now. I mean, um, I'm, looking,
0: I'm looking at his stats right now. Sorry to interrupt, but he's leading the, majors, no, can, leading the majors with eight wins. Okay, meaningless stat, but still significant in a short season. Yes. 1.74 ERA. I, I think mm, I, that's, that's Kershaw territory. Yes. And here's, here's what stands out to me the most. He's pitched 72 and a third innings this year. He's allowed 44 hits total, seven home runs. He's only walked 18 hitters. 112 strikeouts, mm-hmm. and this is someone who struck out 259 guys last year. He's really, really good, and he, really he also really he also leads an ERA plus, which takes park factor yeah. into account. Mm-hmm. 2.13 bip Yeah, uh, 13.9 K per uh, Ks per nine. the The kid can pitch. It's proof that California, especially specifically like Southern California, is a hotbed for prep baseball talent mm-hmm. yeah uh and it, and i think he's absolutely in, in the mvp conversation although like the indians they're kind of spiraling at this point too
1: yeah that's true that they, they um they're heading the indians have a heading problem they have probably right now the best rotation in baseball but the lineup needs work um i'm glad you read bieber's stats out because i didn't write them down i was focused more on the headers yeah of but course. yeah so there's bieber and then let's do, let's do the two Yankees first. Uh, so LeMahieu has played 43 games. Yep. His slash line is 361, 418, 614, 1.033 OPS, 182 OPS plus, 10 home runs, 24 ribbies, 2.6 war. He leads the entire league by himself in batting average. He leads the AL in OBP, OPS, and OPS plus. Let's move on to Luke, yes, wow. Let's move on to Luke Voigt, 49 games. Slash line, 286, 348, 654, 1.002 OPS, 170 OPS plus, 21 home runs, 49 ribbies, 1.7 war. He leads the entire league in home runs, as we all know, and he leads the AL in slugging. Tim Anderson, 42 games. Slash line, 360, 395, 601, 996 OPS, 170 OPS plus, 10 home runs, 21 ribbies, 2.4 war. He leads the AL and runs with 43. Last but not least, Jose Abreu, 53 games, slash line, 335, 381, 651, 1.032 OPS, 178 OPS+, plus, 18 home runs, 53 ribbies, 3.0 WAR. He leads the AL in games. He leads the entire league in hits with 72 ribbies and total bases with hundred and forty.
0: And oddly enough, he's all he also leads uh the the American League and grounded into double plays. Yes, I
1: did notice that as well, right?
0: Yeah. This is yeah. also very telling because if, because um this just jumped out of me and obviously this obviously this doesn't like factor into the uh the MVP conversation. Jose Abreu he led the majors or not the majors, he led the American League with 10 sack flies last year. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> and he has zero this year. Wait,
1: zero? are you serious? He
0: has zero sacrifice flies.
1: Because he's too busy mashing balls, bro. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. Wow. Uh, so, all right. Who do you think is going to win the MVP race?
1: Okay. I don't know if I can answer it like that. But if it was me voting, I'm going to mm. be honest. I vote Shane Bieber. He yeah. is my MVP. I, what, what, are you, what about you? Who do you think and who, do you, who would you vote
0: for? Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, on one hand, I'd want to vote for Shane Bieber just because pitching he's pitching out of his mind. Yeah. And it's Absolutely. rare to see pitching like that in yeah. any season, let alone a COVID-19 uh, shortened season. Mm-hmm. But also, I feel that the biggest mistake that writers have been making when it comes to the MVP race they make war the factor
2: because
0: mm-hmm. look, Mike Trapp's the greatest player in baseball. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't dispute that at all. Right but it, when he's the best player on an overall mediocre team, yeah. and, the, and you know, the Angels—they've improved enough, like over the over the past year, that we can kind of shift them into sort of average territory.
1: Yeah, I don't even I don't dude, I don't even know if they're average slash mediocre. Yeah, they're they're pretty they're,
0: bad. They're not a winning team, is my yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, they course. are not. They are not a great way to put it. Team. Yeah. Yeah. So great, he, Mike Trout is a phenomenal player. He is the best player in baseball. Nobody's taking that away from him. How valuable is he to his team when he's not making the playoffs regularly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, granted, if they were fielding the same team they have like with Trout, right? Uh, let's say last year, and mm-hmm. they made the playoffs. Yeah, give him the MVP trophy. Mm -hmm. But Luke Voigt. Yeah. Luke Voight has put the Yankees on his back this year. Yeah. It and like and I know that we like to goof on Luke Voigt, like, oh, like big Midwestern guy probably watches a lot of Fox News and just hides it, hides it a bunch. But it's so clear that when it comes to playing baseball, this guy cares so much. Not just about his performance, but of his team's performance. I don't know if you listened to his interview on R2C2, but during the rough stretch, he apparently said out loud, guys, I'm embarrassed by this. Mm-hmm. And so for him to really just step up as a leader in that oh. locker room. Now, his war, it's sub two, which it's going to work against him. Let's just call of it course. like it is. He's, he has the lowest war of all of the guys that we just mentioned. Yeah. Right. But for him to play on a team that is nosediving, with all of its good players injured, so for him to be the only one consistently producing by hitting the ball to all fields, the single there, double there, home runs to center, right, left, left center, right center, onto the roof behind him, wherever. To do all of that when the team is spiraling into a bad place and with one good foot that we don't even know what the actual injury is. Oh, I'm dealing with a foot thing.
1: Yeah. And you. Hey.
0: Go ahead. No, no, oh, oh I... that was it. That's yeah, it. That yeah. Was it.
1: Um, you yeah you brought up a really good point I was hoping like that it would come up I feel like MVP awards in general honestly not even in baseball I feel like we don't focus too much or enough on like the title itself this, factors that aren't numbers and statistics should also be taken into consideration and everything that you just said about Luke Voigt that needs to be taken into consideration he has pretty great numbers mm-hmm. but also like he literally dragged this team through the mud when just everyone disappeared I know DJ LeMayhu helped out a lot but LeMayhu was also out for some time
2: yeah but Voigt that- was
1: literally doing the heavy lifting of this team and he's what kept them in the race he would help win them games he would at least help put up runs and and like you said he did it too with we, we don't know what's going on with with his foot and I feel like all of this needs to be taken into account
0: look we'll, we'll know what we'll know what's going on with the foot when the athletic finally like publishes the end-of-season article and goes into detail as to what actually was Yeah, can you, yeah. can you imagine if he's playing with something like a List Frank injury? Stop. Yeah,
1: I, I, we like discussed at, this before. Like, uh.
0: like, at, like at that point, someone's got to go to Chin, house, Chin Bing Wang's house and be like, hey, you had a List Frank injury and derailed your career. This guy just led the American League in home runs. Yeah, <laughs> bro, what's <laughs> your like, excuse? Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you, 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 soft, right. you softened up on us, man. That's a bad look. Right, um, but but anyway, jokes aside, Luke Voit, he's entrenched himself as the Yankees' first baseman for the foreseeable future. Yeah. I think that, given where his contract is right now, because next year is his first year of arbitration, mm-hmm. I think it would be very smart for the Yankees to because he's not getting any younger. He's going to be. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. He's going to be thirty by spring training next
2: year. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I think that what you can do now, offer him that contract that does buy out his arbitration years. Let's say four years, forty million dollars, just for just for um, argument's sake. Mm. Um,
2: That's
0: Um. interesting. Yeah. So give him four years, forty million dollars, and this way he's only making ten million a year, which is respectable for a right-handed power hitting first. Season. Yeah. And this way, is a bargain. Yeah. And this way, once Austin Wells is ready or some other prospect, then the Yankees can decide, okay, like let, now we have a tradable contract that we can move so that we can make room for this younger guy.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I
0: mean, it's moneyball.
1: That would, that, would, I, that I, I haven't thought of that yet. So that would be interesting if they actually do end up doing that. But I mean, still, extending DJ Lemayhew is a priority. Extending
0: DJ Lemayhew has to, to be first. A that should have been done anyway. But whatever, it's Cause fine. Because like, w- because uh, we don't have a we don't have like that much time. We only have like 10, 15 minutes left. But like what? Well, here I'm actually gonna pull up Spot uh, track right now, and look at um uh, and look at the infield market for baseball and free agency. Because besides DJ Lemayhew, there aren't a lot of names out there. Yeah, yeah, no. I think we
1: discussed this before. All
0: positions, infielders. Here we go. Okay, so what do we got? There? So there's DJ LeMayhew, obviously, right? Yep. And then there's, am I on the right page? Yeah, there he is. Okay, so there's DJ LeMayhew. There's Carlos Santana. He's 35. No. Justin right. Turner. No, he's 36. G. Gregorius, maybe, but mm. he's not LeMayhew. Right. Mark, and Marcus Simeon, he's 30. And, the, and Oakland's probably going to pay through the nose to keep him. Mm-hmm. Or or some other team will. He's making thirteen million dollars this year. So yeah, he's going to want a lot more than that. Yeah, yeah. So like, there aren't any major like young names that stand yeah. out. Yeah, I mean, there you could make the argument for Yuriksen Profar or Michael Franco, but these guys are having one. They're having either proven years or bounce back years. Whatever. These aren't people that. yankee should necessarily invest in long
1: term no no, absolutely not yeah i'm totally
0: with you there yeah yeah and and we talked last week tyler wade and tyro strata they're not the heirs apparent oh of course not yeah Yeah, like there's no other notable infielder in the yankees system also like
1: honestly like like, we don't even need to be analyzing these names dj LeMahieu is one of the very best players in the game right now so even if there are like young-ish good infielders like that really really doesn't matter because DJ LeMay he was just light years ahead of everybody. So yeah. 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 It's and a no-brainer.
0: Yeah. He can play multiple positions. Yes. He's just he is literally a machine. Yes, so he's literally
2: a machine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So extending him has to be first priority. It'd be, it'd be nice to extend Voight, but obviously like you don't you really gotta pick and choose who you got to extend because at some point Judge has to be extended. Labor Torres has to be extended. Right. Gary, Gary Sanchez the jury's out yeah. he has to be extended and somewhere yes. uh, across the river the Mets are still uh, they're still playing ball right they oh the Mets still exist yeah. yeah they still exist yeah let's yeah Let, let's so, shift so. I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't say that the Mets are a, are a fun young team who just have terrible ownership at least for now that's going to change soon uh anyway lean what's going on in Mets land
1: dude Yeah, somehow the Mets have been like not great as of super recently, but somehow I guess the NL is just that messy. They are still very, very much in this playoff race. Personally, I'll be honest with you. I do not think they're going to make the playoffs, but they have a real shot at it. So I just, let's just go into that real quick. Um, Right now they are three games back. Uh, uh, They're three games behind the wild card, so.
0: Yeah, uh, hold on. Mm One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, yeah. The Reds. I'm gonna go through these teams. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the Reds have the last have the last wild card spot, and they're technically in a tie for it, but like matchups with the Brewers and the Giants, and then the Mets are are pretty much two and a half games out of that last spot.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, you right now the Phillies have the number one wild card, and like you said, the Reds are. Number two, I guess, we'll just say, even though there's like a tie. Um, So I think it's worth noting, we should just like go through schedules real quick. The Mets schedule is a little strange. So they have three versus Tampa Bay at home. That starts today. That's obviously going to be very, very tough because Tampa Bay is a really good team. Um, They then have four against Washington they if they want any chance at getting a wild card they really need to sweep the nationals because like the nationals aren't even good so they just need to destroy
0: them in that series the nationals didn't have a world series hangover they woke up from the party and realized they were still drunk
1: yes that's exactly what happened um Yeah. yeah so yeah, Mets schedule is strange. They're playing three against one of the best teams in baseball, and then four against one of the worst. So it's going to be interesting. The worst, but still
0: this. the defending World Series champions.
1: That is true. Yes, it's a good yeah. point.
0: Now, um, now, now I actually took the liberty of pulling up some more schedules here. The Giants. I have all of the schedules. Oh, yeah. great, great, yeah. great! I love it. Way ahead, way ahead of me. All right. So, um, yeah, pick pick the next team to uh, to talk about then.
1: So okay, yeah, I was going to say that. Um, you have the Milwaukee Brewers and the San Francisco Giants. They are both ahead of the Mets with – they're a half a game behind. So, And then you have the Colorado Rockies are half a game behind the Mets. No point in bringing anyone else up because all the other teams are basically like, there's no way that they're going to be making it. So, yeah. yeah. So you have the Brewers. They have three versus the Reds. And then five versus the Cardinals. That's a very tough schedule.
0: Yeah, Um, and because the the Reds, I I know that they're a wild card team, and they're kind of like they've kind of been irrelevant for a while. I don't know what David Bell, their manager, has done, but they are such a fun team to watch.
1: Yes, I mean, but but I feel like we knew that would happen, though, that the Reds were going to be fun this year. They're just yeah, because they showed so much
0: swagger last year. Like David, David Bell, he's kind of shown up to the Reds and been for them. What Billy Martin was for the Yankees,
1: right, 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 yeah, yeah, because I
0: mean, like, I because I'm assuming you read or saw the miniseries about ten, ish years ago, The Bronx is Burning.
1: Yeah, I've seen snippets of it, not in its entirety.
0: Yeah, really yeah, good though. Yeah, it's yeah, like Billy Martin was just this loud, scrappy guy who devoted yeah. his entire life to the game. Like I remember, like there's there's this one instance where he goes out to like the umpire to argue. He's like, I don't have a problem with you. I'm just gonna argue with you. I need to fire my team up. So I'm gonna kick dirt on you. You're gonna throw me out and, and like, F you, okay. Then he kicks the dirt, gets thrown out. Right, gets, right, right, fired right. Up And they win the game. <laughs> exactly, so, yeah. So, so Bell isn't doing that much, but they, it's just a good, fun team because yeah. people are engaged the Reds this year. Trevor Bowery, even though, like, he can be kind of a jackass, his vlogs during the COVID season, they're, oh, yeah. really, they're really insightful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Amir Garrett is becoming one of my favorite players in all mm-hmm. of
1: baseball. No, it's it's a very, very fun team. And, like, the future is very bright for them. They're yeah. headed in the right direction. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah, but, so, so – The Brewers have the Reds followed by the Cardinals. That's a tall order for them, no matter what. That's
1: very, very tough. Yeah, Yeah, those are two basically playoff teams, so that's tough. Um, Then you have the San Francisco Giants. They have four versus the Rockies, and then four versus the Padres. This is also a very tough schedule, and the Giants were unlucky that they got the Rockies first because the Rockies are still fighting for a playoff spot too, so this series against them is going to be hard. And then obviously the Padres, we all know how good the Padres are. So Yeah, that's I mean, to be, this talk, be bad.
0: talk to James Kelly. He'll tell you how good the Padres are. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, then you have the Phillies. Phillies is basically the Mets' schedule, but in reverse. They have four versus Washington and three versus Tampa Bay. This is going to make the Mets' situation a little bit more
0: difficult, too. Yeah. like, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and the Reds, they've got three against Milwaukee, three at the Twins.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, that's also tough, but I don't know. I guess we'll see. And then Colorado, four versus San Francisco, like we said, and then four versus Arizona. Mets are going to hope that the Rockies just get destroyed by the Giants because Arizona, they're a hot mess.
0: Yeah, they beat the Astros a bunch though, which is weird. That is
1: true, but the Astros stink.
0: So I'm looking at the Mets schedule right now, and they actually have their pitching matchups all set for the. I was literally
1: going to say, let's do that next. Yeah, Yeah.
0: so tonight Jacob Degrom versus Pete Fairbanks. That's going to be a great game. Two yeah. very similar kinds of pitchers. We're going to see how DeGrom does. Uh, De-
1: DeGrom, this is a must win for the Mets. Absolute yeah, must
0: Yeah, and DeGrom did not look good at all his last start.
1: He was hurt, that's why. Yeah. And it was very
0: yeah. obvious from it his was, like,
1: first pitch. It yeah. was a
0: uh, hamstring, right? Um, it was like something with his no, leg. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Wasn't it? I think it was his hamstring. Wasn't it
1: his back?
0: Back or hamstring. So, like, something lower body. I remember. Yes, and I'm I,
1: pretty sure it was his back Or, yeah. no, no, you know, it might have been a hamstring I don't know, e- but yeah, lower way, body It
0: wasn't his arm or anything yeah. Either way, I remember uh, my friend Sam Yes, he it was, was a thing.
1: hamstring spasm, right? Hamstring yeah, spasm.
0: my friend Sam was a huge Phillies fan He's like, he, he's in a group chat With me and a bunch of other people And he said, like, this is the hardest I've seen DeGrom get hit by us, like, something's probably wrong Yes Continuing, though, then you yes. got Seth Lugo Versus Blake Snell, which it depends on Which version of Blake Snell shows up
1: uh, not really. That, that is like which sucks for the Mets, but for me that's an automatic L. Seth Lugo is an awful starting pitcher. Yeah. Snell could like be awful and they're, they're still going to win the game.
0: And then you have um, Steven Matz against Tyler Glasnow. I don't think
1: that's confirmed yet, but yeah, that's not good.
2: Dude, yeah. This is the
1: problem. The Mets could easily get in, but their rotation, man, it's so bad. It is so so bad, um yeah. i I don't know they they they're gonna have to hope for like an uncharacteristically good start from Steven Matz and Seth Lugo as well
0: yeah, but, T- yeah. Tyler glasno it's like hmm, he's i think I heard David Cohn use the term effectively wild to describe him because <laughs> he's very much a two pitch guy he's got a fastball he's got that devastating curveball, but if if that curveball is bouncing in the dirt then he's going to draw a lot of walks. Yeah. And so then it's just a matter of being patient.
1: He hasn't I don't think he's been that great this year, but that's the problem. You have to look at the opponent and the just like like Stephen Matz is not a starting pitcher. So yeah. I don't
0: Yeah, Gla- Glasnow has a 4.21 ERA this year, although although he is 4 and uh 4 and 1 on the year. Um yeah, he's been kind of up and down. He's going to give up runs, but the key yeah. to, the key to beating Tyler Glasnow is making him pitch.
1: Yeah. Just yes, like of
0: course. Yeah. yeah, and then with the with the Mets uh, and then and the Nationals. Okay, Peterson versus Patrick Corbin on Thursday. Corbin's taking that game. Mm,
1: why? Why do you say that? Corbin's not having a good year. And, like, yeah, Peterson's coming off a bad start. But I actually, I like that matchup. Yeah,
0: um, yeah, I like that matchup. Peterson's coming off a bad start. I just think that as bad as the Nationals are, when push comes to shove, Patrick Corbin's going to. Ah, I can't talk today Patrick (laughs) Corbin across the hole is going to be one of many Nationals players who across the board are like you know what end of the season let's just go out and go for broke so I mean I
1: can see that happening but like I'm definitely not gonna assume that the Nationals are gonna win that game especially like I said Corbin is not having a good year so I don't yeah I'm not gonna
0: all right well Rick Porcello and Max Scherzer I mean I'm not even gonna debate that one
1: that's what I'm saying, bro. Like, first of all, the Nat starters are not great this year. And, like, this is going to be – I feel like, I don't know, they're just kind of going to give up at that point because they're so out of it. And the Mets are going to be desperate. So, I don't know. Like, I, and, I can, I can you know see what? them taking some of these games.
0: You know what? It's going to depend on how much fight they have against yes. the Rays, win or lose.
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Yeah, yeah, because even if they're even up. if they get swept by the Rays, but they look good in each game, because then they'll say, you know what, we're out of the playoffs. When we go to DC, let's play spoiler for somebody. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's let, fair. Let, let's win a game so that somehow the teams above us kind of get screwed with like seating or whatever if if they can even do that. Right. I don't know. Right. Uh, either way, yeah. uh, but let, also let's just talk about it because um, this just dropped today as well. Kyle Newman wrote about it. Um, according to ESPN's Buster yeah. Olney, uh, have you seen what's going on with Steve Cohen? Apparently, Steve Cohen, once he assumes ownership of the Mets, he plans on cleaning house.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, there's talk of Sandy Alderson coming back. Apparently, there's a rumor that Cohen's going to try and throw money at Brian Cashman to leave the Yankees. Yeah. Theo Epstein's name also got dropped. Yeah. There's big changes coming in flushing lean. So even though the Mets have. Kind of been the butt of all our jokes this season and the years past I don't know like all signs point to a turnaround of some sort coming
1: yes I completely agree and that is so necessary the Cohen needs to clean house like from the bottom to the top so yeah much you know, fans like the future is bright for them they should be very happy
0: although the will puns they um they're still going to maintain control of SNY from what I understand? Yeah. This is where I kind of get concerned because we we all know Fred and Jeff Wilpon, Jeff especially, massive egomaniacs.
1: Yeah, yes.
0: Can we agree that those two gentlemen have an ego problem?
1: Yeah. I'm with you.
0: So, okay. So the Wilpons, they maintain control of SNY. Let's say that... Cohen comes aboard, cleans house like he says, but then because the Wilpons control S&Y, they can kind of manipulate the programming to say, oh, these are terrible moves by Steve Cohen. He's like doing a terrible job as owner. It's, what if they yeah. kind of do that to rally everyone against him so that if the team does struggle, enter the Wilpons again with the money they just made from the sale and maybe put together an A-Rod-like collective where they kind of buy back the team. Granted, that that's very baseball conspiracy theory thinking right now, but because mm-hmm. w- I told you uh, my family's Wilbon story, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, you've you've told so us with, that with, with the
0: restaurant, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, for those for those who for those who have uh, missed the story, my parents used to frequent a restaurant that the that um, I think Fred used to go to a lot, and Fred had his one table that he liked. If he and his and he and his group walked in and that table wasn't available, he'd just walk out. So the idea of keeping SNY okay. and to kind of use it against the new ownership to get it back i mean i, I don't know if you watched house of cards on netflix or just yeah like, of course yeah so that that's a very frank underwood thing to do right right like, and, then all, and then all of a sudden you're gonna have the Wilpons looking at the camera and breaking the fourth wall speaking right. with this like creepy south carolina accent uh-huh yeah just, exactly like, oh lord i mean and anyway um but yeah the the Let's throw that out for a second, though. The point is, when we get down to brass tacks, after years upon years of futility, suffering, the Mets are about to have a new look. And as big a Yankees fan as I am, as big as you are, this is going to be really good for baseball across mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. board. I, I was mean, talking
1: about it with some Mets fans. This is really, really good for the sport because yeah. it, it's better when the Mets are good. That's, that's, and competitive, at least. Just,
0: wait. Just look at baseball history. Fans like regional rivalries with mm-hmm. two good teams, mm-hmm. like 1989 World Series. It's the San Francisco Giants versus the Oakland A's, the battle for the Bay. The right. A's won. It, the A's won in a sweep, but yeah, it was a regional World Series. The Subway Series was so much fun. that right. look right. at the '50s when, like, the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Giants—they were those were three yes. teams where, like, you know that hey, when the World Series comes, at least one or two of these teams are going to be playing against each other. And so, and exactly. so now that said. There are going to be some people who say, "Oh, well, it's going to take away from attention for the rest of the sport." Yes, it's going to for sure because when New York, because New York, it's the biggest media market in the country. When the Yankees and Mets do well, the sport's going to do well. I mean, I talked to Jack Curry in 1998. He goes, "Yeah, that by that point, I was the in 1998, I was the national correspondent for the New York Times." But because the Yankees were doing so well, I went to lots of Yankees games. Right. So, right. So the fact is. Yeah. You can, and they're going to say, oh, it's going to be another Yankees dynasty. No, that's not going to be the case. Baseball right now, even though we are 100% going to have another strike in about a year or two, baseball is set up right now mm-hmm. so that parity can exist on a level playing field for everybody.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: they say, oh, there's no parity in, no in baseball. We haven't had a repeat a repeat World Series winner since 2000. hmm like, every year since 2000, a different team has won.
1: Dude, baseball, like, yeah.
0: That, that, that's one of the reasons why I love baseball so much. Yeah, you don't have
1: any of that, like, NBA nonsense. Exactly. Well, I that's do love
0: the NBA, but it's so much, like. I remember yeah. 2012, uh, during the last NBA lockout, I saw some graphic or article that said, hey, if you look back at the, NBA, at the NBA champions for the last, like, 20, 25 years, it's only one of four teams. It's the Spurs, the Lakers, the Celtics. Uh, yeah, so there was no parity. Right. There's exactly. so much there's not that much parody in the NBA now because up until last up until last year, it was like, okay, or um, who's gonna win Curry versus LeBron? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And now even though LeBron's probably gonna be in the finals again, the Nuggets have shown like they're not gonna go down quietly. This could very well be a small market NBA finals, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's gonna be Heat Lakers at this point, but yeah, I, and I actually think that the Lakers are going to sweep the
1: Nuggets, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah, but they're yeah.
0: going to sweep the Nuggets. But you're right. You are right,
1: though. The Nuggets have been fun. They're a t- tough, gritty team. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I'm still mad at Jamal Murray for going to Kentucky instead of Oregon. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, the Mets doing well again. It's not. They're not going to get there in one year. They're probably going to get there in about three years because I think that Cohen, whoever his GM is. The first thing they're going to do, they're going to do what Theo Epstein did when he got to the Cubs. They're going to do the autopsy, cut the dead weight, rebuild through the minors.
1: Um, I actually, Josh, I don't know if I agree with you there because, like, and we've been expecting it for the past two seasons, I would say. This Mets team, this is a playoff team. Like there is, since with Cohen coming in, I'm sorry, there is no reason the Mets are not a playoff team next year. Am uh, I saying a World Series team? No, but like they, this is a very well-rounded team. They oh, have okay. one of the best right. lineups let's, in baseball. Let,
0: let me ask you this question then. Yeah. Let me ask you this question because we only got about five minutes left. Yeah, yeah, let's do um, If you, are you making this argument assuming that we're going to still have expanded playoffs next year? Or are you saying this based off what like, we're going to go back to how we've always done? It? I'm
1: going to be honest with you. I think in either case, the Mets are a playoff team last year. And that's proof of that last year, like people, including myself saw the Mets as legitimate contenders, but it's just, you know, bad management and yeah. and ownership, of course, that, that didn't work out.
0: Yeah. But, it, it, it just goes to show you how important front office culture is in oh, sports, yeah. because I'm oh, looking yeah. at, I'm looking at the Mets depth chart here. It's not. It's not great names from top to bottom because I mean Wilson Ramos. I, like I've never played catcher in my life. I can play a better catcher than Wilson.
1: Ramos. Wilson, that's definitely the Mets have a few problems that need to be addressed. The catcher is definitely one of them. Yeah, Cohen needs I, to take care of Yeah. That. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Dom Smith is great. Robbie Cano, he's having a bit of a resurgence. J.D. Davis, yeah. he's finding himself. We both. We both love Andre Jimenez. Yes. Jeff McNeil, we both love him. We both love Brandon Nimmo. Like yeah. So okay, I'll give you a. Fordo like, is
1: having an MVP caliber season. Yeah. Like, of,
0: um, yeah. Yeah. The only thing the Mets might have to worry about is if there's no DH in the National League next year, which, let's be honest, it's probably still going to be there. But yeah,
1: it will almost certainly. Um, yeah. The
0: main thing is the pitching. But it goes mm-hmm. back. Uh, I was talking about front office culture. This is a team on paper that looks like it could make the playoffs. Yes. But when, the, when ownership is constantly a circus, when mm-hmm. messaging is, is throwing guys under the bus, when Brody Van Wagen, and like, I don't know much about him personally. But right. it's very clear just from watching how he operates in the media. Amongst the team, there's those who are Brody's guys, those who aren't Brody's guys. Yes,
1: of course. That could
0: be false, but just based on how he talks and when I watch him speak, I can't mm-hmm. help but think it's kind of like when Joe Girardi was with the Yankees, there were Joe's guys and there were mm-hmm. not Joe's guys. Mm-hmm. Gary Sanchez was not Joe's guy. Gary right. Judge was Joe's guy. And you can't run a you can't run a team like that. Yeah. Steve okay. Cohen has to come in. You know here's what, here's what he has to do. Maybe I'll even write an article about this. Steve Cohen, once next season in spring training, whatever that looks like, he and his new GM have to come in and say, we think this is a playoff team. We are going to, and then just like maybe talk to guys individually and say, we think this is a playoff team, but we cannot stress this enough. All we need for you guys to do, don't worry about your stats. Go out and play. Right, right. So on the field play the game, we'll take care of the rest.
1: That's what needs to happen because these are really good baseball players. If they do go out and just do that, they will be fine. As long as the front office takes care of them and helps build around them, then yeah,
0: they'll be fine. It's not so much like about about like the front office taking care of them building around them it's just it's just like creating this sense of hey like we're not going to live in a constant state of like panic or urgency or uncertainty no, no of course but like there like, there
1: are like the mets have holes that
0: need to be addressed right. like, they
1: need probably at least two starting pitchers
0: right they so need that, i would say why, one reliever that's why cohen and, and we'll say cohen and let's say sandy alderson comes back just for argument's sake cohen and alderson can just come into the locker room and say we know the team has holes, we see right. what the holes are, right. we are working to address those holes. Yes, but that exactly, yes. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything for you guys. Like, like, if you guys are in this room right now, it means that we think you are good enough to currently be a part of this team right
2: now. Right, exactly. That
0: said, let us go take care of the roster holes, I'm building the team, you guys worry about what you're doing on the field, and mm-hmm. if we need you, we'll call. Exactly, Like totally to, with you. They need to establish, Win or lose, you have our support. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Whereas I I guarantee you, if you put Brody Van in, or Jeff Wilpon or Fred Wilpon in charge of a team for a day, they'd be like the pitching coach who goes out to the pitcher and says, pitch better.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Not like Matt Blake, who's like, okay, here's what I'm seeing from you. Here's the situation. Here's what I think you have to be doing right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, that said, Matt Blake, he's still going through some growing pains. That 10-run inning in Toronto, that was perfect. Like – Oh yeah. yeah, and last thing—last thing we'll talk about. I finally figured out what the distinction between a bullpen coach and a pitching coach is. What? So apparently, the um, the pitching coach will come up with the game plan for a game or a series or what have you. Uh-huh. So he'll meet he'll meet with the um, with the pitching staff, stars, relievers, and like, and say, "Hey, here's our plan for this. Here's what we want to try and do." And then when it comes to preparing for that, that's where the bullpen coach comes in.
1: Oh wow!
0: Yeah. Yeah, my friend Alec is a former college baseball player, and he currently works at a baseball that's academy cool. in Philly yeah. right now. Okay. Uh, yeah, and and uh, the guy, the academy he works for, and like the guy he works for directly were actually featured in the athletic a couple days ago. That's really dope. Yeah, yeah. Um, Christian Walker from the Diamondbacks trains there. Oh, really? Yeah, so. that's so
1: cool. Dang, that's really yeah. Cool. So
0: Alec, he's got a very unique perspective, and so given that. With the Mets, I think that as long as they establish to the players early on, this is Steve Cohen, this is the new GM, and maybe it's even a new manager because maybe they'll come in, take the temperature and decide, you know what, Rojas, we love you, you're not our guy, which is fine. Yep. Um, But at that point, they just need to establish all you guys here in uniform right now, no matter what you do on or off the field, within reason, of course, you have our support. We are not going to be breathing down your neck. So don't think that every star, it has to be a quality star, Jacob DeGrom. Yes. Tom Smith, go out there. Keep taking those walks. Make that quality mm. contact. Katie mm-hmm. Davis, you got some holes, but you're working hard at them. Keep at it. Jeff McNeil, keep up the versatility. Nimmo, yeah. you're adorable. Great. Moving <laughs> on. So.
1: Yeah. got it. Yeah, just like put their minds at ease, basically. Yeah, yeah the, that's, the point, I completely
0: agree. The point is, it's like I said, just establish from the get-go that you support the team mm-hmm. that you're not just here to sign a check you are you're going to be absentee to a certain extent you're going to be involved when needed but on the whole it is about the players
1: mm-hmm. exactly exactly
0: and that said yeah that said embrace free agency stop all the salary cap talk and uh stop being owners when it comes to cba talks <laughs> i i don't know what, what what am i talking about what am i doing what am i doing lead great way to end the show all right. Yeah, uh, that's all for today on Yankees Mets Express. Uh you can find me on Twitter at Josh B E S N Y.
1: At lean underscore Amin, also Twitter.
0: yeah Uh yeah, and we only have a uh oh man, I forgot the 630 star for the Yankees tonight. Jeez. Yeah. All right, great. So thanks for listening to Yankees Mets Express. Folks, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Megaphone. This has been part of Elite Sports NY Radio, part of Crossing Broad. We are the voice, the pulse. Of New York City sports. Uh, special thanks to Danny Small, Russ Joy, all the guys who do the great work behind the scenes on the Five Cats. Uh, Lean, did I miss anything? No, I think we got everything. Great, uh, thanks so much, and staying clear to the closing doors.